Welcome in to Campus Crossover. We're uh, we're here to talk about the game of the century That's tomorrow. That's right, baby. Let's go. It's going to be so much fun. The circus is in town. <laughs> you all deal. probably noticed we've got the PHNX Wildcats crew up here. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. This is Ryan Konigsberg. Uh, Saul Bookman. And, of course, at the end, we got Mike Luke. Uh, first of all, how how is the trip? How are you guys liking Denver so far? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, I used to live in Denver for three years. So. Oh, really? I had no I, idea. I mean, yeah, yeah. I used to live in Aurora. So oh, that's uh, different. That's you know, not Denver. Representing the Wildcats <laughs> all out here in Denver. No, no, it's not very far. The landscape scenery is a little different than Tucson, but mm-hmm. um, I dig it. I can see why you guys like it up here. When Michaela worked here, she had a cactus. So that that would have made you feel more at home. Yeah, but then she took it and the sh- then killed it back home in oh. Arizona. Oh, did she try to R. transport it? Yeah, yeah, RIP. Yeah. Was it wasn't ready for the temperature it was, change. It wasn't ready. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck is this hot shit? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got to dig in because there's a lot to talk about. Is there? Um, there is so <laughs> there is. much that we all need to get off of our chest today. Uh, in case you guys haven't heard, Colorado plays Arizona tomorrow in Boulder. Uh, and what people are calling the game of the century. Yeah, it should be yeah. a, a lot of fun. It's at 1.30. And uh, let's just dig in. We've I'm got a... Uh, I'm just glad these guys are here because misery loves company. It's the resistible object versus the movable force. <laughs> That's it's, all it is. It's really perfect. Um First off, this is just a broad question. What scares you guys about Colorado? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. We're not talking about like avalanches and like uh, no, 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 no. wildfires yeah. or yeah, anything yeah. like that. No, uh, for the buffs <laughs> on yes. the field, uh, I would just say uh, looking at the Texas A&M tape and their defense, that's the only thing that scares me. That's about it. I mean, it's fair. I think that this if this team has like something in their bag that they that could really show out tomorrow i feel like it would be the defense uh like it always it always worries me playing a power five division one team when you're (laughs) on a 17 game losing streak so that's basically what i would go i'm gonna go with a more broad brushed approach than what saul just went with ah yes do you know when that last one was though it was against colorado (laughs) sure was. we also had khalil tate back then now Mm. oh my god no one i still have nightmares about khalil tate there is kind of a crazy stretch in the series where khalil tate went for like 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing the next time i think there was like a Another game Philip where he went, Lindsay went for like 280 in a game. Exactly. Last year, Jarek Broussard, Broussard on the bus 301. side, 301. Yeah. Who just, do you think is going to be like the, the the guy tomorrow who's going to put up a big number? Oh, uh, J- Jarek Broussard. <laughs> again. Yeah, <that> was, <laughs> again? Yes, again. Dude, I, okay. I actually, so this is, the, with someone from Arizona? this is the one thing about Arizona that, that I have been pleasantly surprised with mm-hmm. is that defensively, they have held their own in the first half of most of these games. Uh, you know, and in the second half, midway through the third quarter, that's when the wheels kind of fall off. They get a little tired um, and they wear down because the offense hasn't really done much to help them out. Sounds you guys familiar. have seen this story before. Yeah, sure so, again, it's like it's like twins. It's it's the, the Spider-Man meme all over again. Uh, you know, 17-game losing streak. They're looking to snap that. Again, Mike and I have talked about this. If Arizona doesn't win tomorrow – Looking at their preseason schedule or their non-conference schedule next year, there's a legit possibility we could go three years without winning a game. (laughs) They have to win this fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) This thing could hit mid-20s without – this thing could easily hit mid-20s. That's where we're looking at right now. But you know what? With Arizona football, it is the little things here, fellas. Hmm. I think this year it's a little bit different. We're not as bad because I think we have a coaching staff that at least wants to win that's at least somewhat intrigued by that possibility. (laughs) Whereas in the past, you had a coaching staff that just didn't care. Um, So take that for what it's worth. I've been kind of impressed with just the the way that Jed Fish has carried himself. Um, I might be a little bit biased because I one time had drinks with him at the Combine, uh, (laughs) and he was really cool. So (laughs) Tell that story a little bit. I mean, honestly, it's just this is – the NFL Combine is, like, the coolest thing ever because it's the one place – like, the NFL keeps their walls up at all times, Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason – the wall, all the walls come down because that's what you do in Indianapolis. There ain't shit else to do <clears throat> but drink. You might as well just at, drink and have fun at, at Prime Forty Seven Steakhouse. It's literally <laughs> the entire NFL world, starting at like midnight, Converges. goes to one steakhouse, and I, we, like it, it gets so packed in there. And you've got like like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport on like mm. opposite sides of the bar, and then like 
the entire like coaching staffs like down the middle and it's just so crazy but so it gets really packed there and one time i was like you sometimes you just can't move so like me and jed fish were just stuck next to each other so we just struck up a conversation and talked for like hours did he talk about his did he talk <laughs> hours about yes not even just a few no, minutes no no hours yeah like actually at the time cu oh gosh what was this this would have been pre-mel tucker yeah. So like they were, I think he was a. Is this a the candidate. Mike McIntyre era? Yeah. I, well, I think he was a candidate in that search. Um, so that's how we started talking and just like wow. got into talking about football. He was really really cool. He had a lot a lot of interesting thoughts. I think mm -hmm. at the time he was the quarterbacks coach for the Rams. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. So yeah, he has an incredible I was fascinated. Yeah, an incredibly diverse resume because he's only been in each place for like a year or two. There is that part of it. Yeah. So yeah. I think he has some Colorado connection. Yeah, he's sort. Mike Shanahan coaching tree. There you go. He's yeah. a, he's part of many coaching trees. <laughs> well, I'll, just, I'll just put it to you like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh no, I think that for me, what scares me about Arizona mm -hmm. is they actually have a quarterback who can complete passes oh easy there killer easy there <laughs> we did have a quarterback I, that could complete ca i passes. looked at the stats this dude's completing 67 percent of his no, passes. he and all of those were against byu in game number one after that okay let's shit. show let's throw this out there though brendan lewis this season started every game they've been reluctant to pull him out even in the fourth quarter blowouts because he knows where the bodies are buried <laughs> <laughs> something there's something but uh he put up 475 yards so far, so far this season. Passing. Passing, yeah. Gunner Cruz, 454, despite being benched. Jordan McLeod, in those couple of games, 481. Mm. Here's the problem, though. You've got two that. guys right there. Yeah. you got to remember, though, that 316 of those were in one game. So basically in two games after that, it's been about 100 and... The fact that he has a capability of throwing for 316 yards is what scares me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Here, I'm, I'm going to throw, throw some water on your optimism. Is that a term, water on your optimism? Sure, sure, yeah. It doesn't really matter. But uh, Arizona has been giving significant reps all week to a wide receiver who hasn't played quarterback in three years. <laughs> we're, and we're talking like 25% of the reps. Yeah. So, do you think Jamari might start? Is that the Jamari the won't o, start? Did the OU Daily report that? Jam <laughs> the OU did, right? <laughs> and they were in the class. Right? In the yes. second story building across right. the street from yeah. my the apartments. Response, my response would be that, you know, we've been begging for the tight end Matt Lynch to start getting reps at quarterback in <laughs> the flip back, and they haven't even pulled the trigger so on is he it. the linchpin? Oh, he, he could be. Nice. He there could, it is. He that's, might be. That's we the, want to find out. That's the winning quote right there. That's the that's the headline. Mm -hmm. Lynchpin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lynchpin. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just move on. I mean, the the next question I've got here is who do you steal from the other team? Like, if you got to poach one player, who do you take? And I think for Ryan and I, it's pretty simple. <laughs> Whoever QB one is in the given week is who you take. Like, I'd love to go after an offensive lineman and say, like, we got we got bolster things up front, but it's it's just too simple Arizona here. has a couple good football players. They do. They do. Stanley Berryhill is yeah. very good. Um, but we don't need wide receivers, right? Well, we don't know if they're good because they can't throw the ball. That's what I'm saying. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. But we do have a couple good players over yeah. here. Um, so, wait. Let me flip it around. If you were us, who would you steal from Arizona and put mm -hmm. on Colorado? See what I'm oh. saying? Oh. Stanley Berryhill. Uh, Stanley okay. Berryhill, or or I would I would probably even wager to say maybe we probably would have given you Gunner Cruz. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like, wait a like, second, you want Gunner Cruz if you're Colorado? Yes. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Like, dog, they don't have anybody. Stanley Berryhill's going to get a great workout. Two thirds of his passes running around out there. Yeah. We're we're looking to break right. the ten completion per game threshold this week. Yeah, like I would like Broussard. Because, okay. uh, you mm -hmm. know, he's a solid running yeah. back, and he's shown the propensity to torch teams before us. So <laughs> he, tor he torched everyone last year. He did. He so I'd rather take that away year. from you so we could have him oh. so I know he couldn't torch us. Because someone's bound yeah. to go off. All, yeah. Going all the way back to Kadeem Carey. 366 yards. Yes. Yes. I'll never highest, forget. I've right? never seen anything like it. Inside zone, every play from the, from well, the shotgun. Who would you take? <laughs> Um, oh, I would take Jarek Broussard in a second. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that not Nate Landman. No, because if I were you guys, I would take Nate Landman on defense. Yes, why I, the defense? You know, I'm not worried about the defense. This will sound really. This will I'm sound telling you, the under yeah. is crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, forty six and a half right now, dude. That might be the easiest money of the weekend. DraftKings pick of the week, dude. This shit might be zero zero into the seventh overtime. <laughs> all, like, all on board. Yep. <laughs> 
be so fucking you bad. You think Vegas is maybe looking at a turnover fest slash pick six type situation? Man, they better hope so. <laughs> Brandon Lewis can't throw pick six because he never actually throws no. it. That's the thing is we've been begging for interceptions. That is I literally throw said the ball. if you go out there and throw seven interceptions, it'll be better than watching the pump fake. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Who oh. knows? That's, it, it can't stay this bad forever, right? At some it, point, it, that's oh. what I said. You know, we were <laughs> Henry and I were sitting here waiting for you guys, and <sighs> I said, you know, that it's really hard to like even imagine a world in which I'd leave the game tomorrow like happy. Like, yeah. I, like obviously, I want the Buffs to win. If they win, I will be somewhat happy. But like the only way I leave it like really like pump in my fist is if somehow, some way over the bye week, Brendan Lewis like figured it out and starts throwing dimes so here's a question for you what would you feel worse about right now as a bus fan the fact that you're in the position you are right now or if you would have beat texas a&m mm. and then proceeded to lose the games like you have after that don't you think you would have been like feeling a little because that would have been ultimate high optimism after yeah. that point well you got to remember carl Terrell won coach of the year last year in the pac-12 so you you know you come out you start 2-0 uh, with a win over Texas A&M, everyone's thinking, like, we're back. So, yeah, that so fall facto, from grace. You guys could have beat Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I you mean, just have something. See, that's where I can't wrap my head around you, Arizona, winning this game, though, is that you guys have a 10-7 game against A&M. If Arizona were to play A&M, well, that's <laughs> not true. Not true. Because we competed against Oregon in Oregon. We were right there. But here's the thing, though. We're ecstatic. Here's where Arizona football is. We're ecstatic about a game that we lost by 22 points and the QB threw five picks. Yeah, but we were close in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we were close in the fourth quarter. Like, Those weren't the stats legit, until the end like, of the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't <laughs> ignore, Saul, we the, lost by 22 ig points. ignore the final score. Those three quarters are the best quarters of Arizona football in two years. Hey, those, is, those 44, no, yeah, 44 <laughs> minutes and 45 seconds of that AM so game where the Buffs were in the like. league. Whew, this is that was the nice. best. I love that. We're literally. <laughs> just trying to talk each other into why the other team, why your team will hey, win. I'm going to side with Vegas on with there's a reason that you guys are seven and a half point favorites, not us. Yeah, I'll be hitting so a heavy that. emotional hedge on the Arizona money line. There's going to be a lot of movement hey, on, the, on the money take, line. Uh, or if you were them, who would you take from Colorado? I think I think the Jarek Broussard case is good. I think really? the fact that the numbers aren't there this year, this year yeah. 50 yards a game, it's not Ideal. Well, he's done nothing yet. The offensive line isn't good. The box is packed. The play calling isn't good. I mean, there's there's potential there. How bad has... And do you need Nate Landman to stop this offense? Yeah. Obviously, last year, the, uh, Arizona had a historically bad rushing defense. Has it been that bad this, this year? Because that's the one way you could talk me into Colorado winning. No, the Arizona defense is legitimately not bad. It's not great, but it's yeah. not. Listen, Don Brown, the defensive coordinator for the U of A, is probably the most accomplished coach that the U of A has had in probably 25 years. I mean, he's a you know he's one of the best defensive coordinators in in the in the conference, if not college football. Chip Kelly uh, talked about it. Carl Durrell talked about it this week, where he said he's a difficult guy to be able to game plan because he's multiple. He brings blitzes from all kinds of different angles. I mean, there's a reason that he was the Michigan defensive coordinator for five or six years. So right. he they're legitimately not bad on the mm -hmm. defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they're they're, they're very fundamental. They 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 don't they don't lose technique very often. The only ways they get beat is because of legit talent. Right. You know, there's they go up against dudes that are just better than them. But they're in the right positions for the most part to be able to compete. So on the defensive side, like I I don't have too many complaints because I know what they have and they're doing the best they can. And 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 they're keeping it close for the most part in these games, right. at least for the, the, through the first half. And that's why, to me, like, again, I keep coming back to this under, and I keep thinking yeah. it's going to be a really close game one way or the other, um, is Arizona is, first of all, smart enough to know that Brendan Lewis can't throw the football. So they're going to be able to put eight guys in the box and just say, stop the run, and then see what happens. I have a feeling Colorado is still going to find see, themselves in a lot of From the U of A longs. perspective, this is when – Brendan Lewis all of a sudden throws for like 600 <laughs> yards, and you're like, what the – what? That, that's the one thing that can make me hype. You love to hear it. It's what you love to hear at the same time, though. Like He's got an interesting <sighs> stat, and forgive me, I haven't watched a ton of live Colorado Buffalo football. Nobody has. Um, Correct. But <laughs> I do have a question, though. You very rarely see a quarterback that in one game against a team in A&M that's, I think we can fair, say, has some pretty good talent. Mm -hmm. They might They're inconsistent, but they got some good talent. Rushes for 80 yards – but then you look at some of the other games, and 
against USC, like 11 for negative 13. Was that just an aberration? Can he not run? What is, what's the deal with his legs? So, first of all, those numbers get skewed by the sacks. Well, yeah, for sure. So, so he. The, the Colorado gives up a crazy amount of sacks. Dumb thing about college First football of all, stats. That is the worst part of college football stats. Yeah. But the mm -hmm. offensive line has been bad. Mm -hmm. And so that creates sacks. Can Brendan he run Lewis the ball, though? Literally, oh, can yeah. they. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can. I he mean, can. Go keep going and then But off. yeah, I mean the then the on the other side is that Brendan Lewis holds the ball so long that, that he contributes three, four sacks a game that are his fault. Mm -hmm. And so you just have these massive sack numbers that tank those numbers. But the reason I'd say like you don't have to worry too much about the rushing threat is because the book is out now. Against Texas A and M, people didn't totally know that he just couldn't throw the football. Now teams have come around to that fact, and it's like, don't let the running backs get the ball and run. Don't let Brendan Lewis get the ball and run. If you do that, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, and additionally, for whatever reason, and this has been the single you know, um, thing that has CU fans just losing their minds, the, they haven't called the designed runs for him in, in these mm -hmm. last few weeks. A lot of people originally thought, okay, well, it's because they don't want to get him hurt because behind him is a true freshman who they literally – keep pounding into everyone's head he's not ready he's not ready he's not ready we're not playing him it just so, can't be true that he's looks like this can't be worse i could so yeah to me that's the thing is they aren't they don't want to run him they don't want to get him out on the edge and i think the reason that they don't want to play drew carter is because they feel like they've ruined brendan lewis like he wasn't ready and he was forced in there because of the injury to uh, JT Shrout, and so now they're saying like, okay, well He's now his confidence, crash test right. dummy type. Yeah, his yeah. confidence is shot. We're not going to throw in another guy who's not ready and, and lose his confidence too. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's a tough position to be in. It's, sure is, yeah. sure is. Saul <laughs> hit the nail on the head right there. Because honestly, I think that if this team like it, we don't know what JT Shrout was going to be. He was mm -hmm. a transfer from Tennessee who was looking like he was going to win the starting quarterback. The problem is. The fact that it was even a competition now, like in hindsight, I'm looking like, how was that? Not, how was that ever a competition? Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know how good he would have been, but if he was legit, I think that this Buffs team had a chance to compete for a bowl game. The, the, what we've realized like so obviously here is that when your quarterback, it's, it's not like having a bad quarterback. It's like when your quarterback can't play quarterback, you just don't have a shot. Like they don't have yeah. a shot to do anything against some of these r r real teams. That's why I think Arizona is gonna, you know, kind of harken back to the to the to the days when they had Chuck Levy. Jamari, oh, Jamari joined. Yeah. They didn't have a quarterback either because they, they they were riddled with injury. So they put Chuck Levy, who was a wide receiver slash kind of do it everything, yeah. you know, kind of guy at quarterback and they just ran the option all game long would and they would that. and they won a lot of games doing that like yeah so it, it was legit and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if at some point tomorrow you get through maybe the first quarter and you're just like dude this we just get him out yeah put jamari in there let's just run the triple option and hope for the best because here's what you guys are i think both being in, in in the arizona football trenches so to speak okay um People really don't want to see Gunnar Cruz anymore. I'm sure Gunnar Cruz is a really nice guy. You'll see what we're talking about tomorrow. Um, there's essentially three plays in the playbook. <laughs> now, again, BYU is the first game. I get it. You're looking at the numbers, and you're like, oh, well, our guy couldn't do that. I get that. But here's basic, Here's here's what happened in the UCLA game. Mm -hmm. Jordan McLeod, who is not Michael Vick, but he's good. He's a... He's a mid-level Pac-12 quarterback. He's a legitimate starting caliber type guy. Mm -hmm. He's athletic enough to create his own mm -hmm. stuff. He doesn't get sacked the entire game. Gunnar Cruz comes in, and immediately it revolves into his four different plays that he has. There's the triple pump fake where you take the sack after seven well, yards. We've had, um, that's well scouted by the Buffaloes. Yes, yes, for sure. I was going <laughs> to say, you probably got <laughs> right, for sure. As soon as they see the first pump fake, pump fake the entire defense line is like, oh, I've seen this <laughs> okay. shit before. Chase him to the right right there. <laughs> but that's also not to be overwhelmed, though, by the 30-yard heave out of bounds yes, when somebody's yes, wide open in yes. front of you. Shout out to the student section. Correct, yes. Making plays. Or, yeah, always, there's a wide out in there somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> or if you're looking to keep the ball and keep moving the chains, there's the two-yard run or there's the three-yard check down. Mm. So fans, I'll give you an idea. Fans, I would say, would rather see Will Plummer, who lost to NAU, than Gunnar Cruz. <laughs> and that that's what we're talking about here. See, I'm a little bit I, – I sit on the other side of the fence for Mike on that one. I don't hey, want I didn't say that I said it. I'm speaking, uh, okay. for, the, I'm well, speaking for the people. The, then the fans are wrong. Because Will, Pl- <laughs> I don't want to see Will Plummer. Because Will, Will Plummer literally looks like he's throwing, like he looks like me throwing with my left hand oh. on every pass. But he's throwing. Yeah, but that's the yeah. key. He's throwing. Which yeah, is it, nice. Yeah, but that, define throwing <laughs> for a second, okay? Like, Ball it's comes not, out of hand. It's not pretty. It doesn't go more than five yards. It's a wet, yeah. a wet noodle. Like, it's just not very good. So. Uh, just to kind of bounce back to the Colorado side of things, you look at the 162 passing yards last week, and you're like, okay, that's competent. Remember, there was a 65-yard comp- catch in relatively competent. where there's that's a tight competent. end standing. Oh, it's competent. Because before that was the 67 passing yards to ASU. Um, where there oh, was a 26-yard jet sweep that gets counted as a pass. The Before that, you get the uh, 55 yards against Minnesota. You had 89 against A&M. We're Minnesota's n- good, though. They are. Not uh, 55 yards yeah, only good, but the they're thing. still good. You should be able to score a point on them. Maybe, yeah. <sighs> so wait, yeah. but you were you were pointing out the, the tight end. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the 162 yards, 65 come, tight end sitting wide open five yards away, catches it, turns around, and runs for 65. So here's the question. It's like, uh, Why is all the money going in on Colorado and not Arizona? Then? I don't think people watch these two teams. I just, yeah, I think it's the Arizona. It's Ari- has, the mystique of Arizona? Yeah, exactly. It's the, oh, these guys haven't won a game in almost 800 days. Of Arizona, yeah. There's no way, like, they yeah. don't know how to win, and it's probably very true. I'm fascinated to see how this game turns out. But, like, it, it, it really is, you know, Eric joked around calling it the down bad bowl. It yeah. really is that because, like, I, I, Henry and I were talking about this before, like, we literally said the Buffs can't afford to get blown out. Like, that's a thing that's in our head. Dude, if you guys get yeah. blown out by Arizona, I swear they're going to have a parade when they come back to Tucson. <laughs> I swear. Like, yeah. dude, that'll be the upset of the year. How, I, like, <laughs> where are you guys at, though, in terms of, like, will Jedfish lose people if they get killed by Colorado? Oh, he's tomorrow? already lost people, man. I'm not saying that he should have, but, I mean, you had the UCLA game. There are a lot of people there, but there's – People don't care right now. It, like, listen, like, so, so Mike's there in Tucson, and he he feels whatever the vibes are down there, right? Mm-hmm. If if you take a step back from it from a national perspective, all the other Wildcat fans that do not live in Tucson, you knew this team was terrible. Like, I knew this team was terrible. Mm-hmm. The only the only loss that should have never happened is the NAU loss, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Outside of that. I don't know what the hell you thought you were going to get. Yeah. Like, that's just – this, the, is, this no, is exactly what I thought was going to happen. I think actually that NAU loss is actually why the money is coming in on Colorado. Probably. Because if you have to, like, make a comparison, you're saying, okay, Arizona lost to NAU, who lost to UNC, who Colorado beat 35-7. So, like, that – if I was, you know, trying to talk myself into sure. why I would bet on Colorado, <laughs> that makes sense. What's crazy, you know, you guys talk about attendance. This game is sold out. Props to the fans. What? Yes. I, there were a thousand tickets left yesterday. They said is it today family weekend or what? It is, is family, family weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, <laughs> we know that you know the circumstances, we, dude. But it's sold out. Yes. Oh my God, Arizona's got no fucking <laughs> shot. <laughs> Arizona, <laughs> blackout, everybody. You, guys, you haven't heard. Wear black tomorrow. You guys are assuming that Arizona fans aren't traveling. The, hey, you never know. Hey, yeah. The alumni association, I hear, is going to have three tables. Wow. <laughs> of 10. Big day. Uh, by the way, if you're coming out tomorrow, come by the uh, DNVR tailgate. Yeah, we'll have Breckenridge beers, our favorite beers. Um, we just asked, so I have some leftovers from last week, but I'm about to pick up all the beers for tomorrow. I'm hoping for a lot of seltzers. Saw them downstairs. There's like a pallet of seltzers. Mm. I feel like tomorrow's a seltzer day. Mm. All right, so I just tweeted out. I tweeted out and I asked some of the U of A fans. I said, well, I don't want to paraphrase what I said. I'll just quote myself. I said, <laughs> the guys from DNVR Buffs want Gunnar Cruz as their QB. Thoughts, U of A fans? <laughs> and the first thing that comes back is one with a woman saying, he's all yours. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's. We want to hear in the chat. While, while we talk about Breckenridge Brewery, some of these things, let us know who do you take as your quarterback this week, Gunnar Cruz or Brendan Lewis. This, let I us mean, know in there. It just has to be so obvious. 
Hey, hey. It has to I'm, be so obvious. I think they think the same thing because they've been watching There's those nothing. guys. We've been watching these guys. It's going to be fun. There's I will nothing s- easy about this game. Again, though, you look at just, just team passing yards. Bottom three, Navy, Army, Air Force, and then you've got Colorado <laughs> at 100. They literally don't. They run the triple option <laughs> they those do. three and schools. They throw the ball like 10 times a game. That's it. <laughs> and there's a, yeah, Colorado 100 per game. Next worst in FBS football, San Diego State, 121. And we lost. There's a 20 yard gap. And we right lost there. to San Diego State. You, we you got were, murdered. You, you by realized San Diego that we State. were. You, you look at total yards. It's 237 for UL Monroe, 239 for Colorado. What's your guys' record? 273 for. Like UConn. you're actually making our point for us. You're right our now. point for us. <laughs> like you just said, like oh, Colorado's so bad. They're only one spot behind the team that beat you by 30. <laughs> At your place. <laughs> like, it's not good. Oh, boy. It's not good at all. Hey, regardless of which side you're on, you're going to want Breckenridge beers tomorrow. So definitely make sure you get your hands on those. If you need to figure out where to pick them up, you're not going to the game. Use the beer locator on the Breck Brew website. Uh, it's a great tool. They're great beers. You can't go wrong. Um, I feel like we're running out of lemonade seltzer days. So definitely get your hands Ooh. on some of those. Also, we're going to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Um, I think we're all, our consensus is we're, t- we're taking the under on the game. Yes. But what are you guys thinking on this spread? Arizona plus six. Let me throw in the context. Eight and a half points per game for Colorado against FBS teams. So does Arizona get that field goal? I just think I think it's going to come. It's going to be close. Is I the really current am. line six right now? Six and a half is last I saw. I th- it actually might move to seven now that I think of it. Let me look. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I'll get um, the live look here. But uh, here's all I'm going to say, and we were talking about this before the show to all the betting public out there. And by the way, if you're not on DraftKings, you should be on DraftKings. It's Kings. the best. Six it's and the half. best. Six and a half. Okay. okay. Here's the only thing that makes me a little bit worried, and this will probably this will be my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going to go with the under of 46 and a half, but here's why I'm not very good at this. Because I look at it, and I think to myself three different ways that... <laughs> Mike has made some guarantees that I've made some right. terrible <laughs> guarantees. <laughs> that is for sure. Yes, uh, for sure. You made a guarantee that went wrong and then made another guarantee. Correct, yeah. Yes. But you know what? At this mm. point, you know, two negatives are going to equal a positive mm. at some point. So my, No one holds you accountable for nobody this Nobody anyway. dude. Seriously. <laughs> like, if you're betting based on what I'm telling you, then you know what? That's on you, not on me. Here's my only point, though. Anytime you see a line where all four of us are like, what in the world is that? Mm-hmm. Just saying, people in Vegas, yep. the, they know more than we know. Well, that's what we yep. said on our bet show yesterday about the Bucks being six and a half point favorites. They're like, 90% of the money came in on the Bucks. Something weird is going to happen. The Eagles mm-hmm. are going to cover this. What did they do? They covered they it cover- by a half point on the back door. So Crazy. Take it for what it's worth. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. <sighs> Man, the, right. o- the over-under has changed from 46 and a half to 46. Oh, Get in quick. They're so listening. They, yo, oh, yeah, they're that, that was instantaneous, yeah, too. Yeah, screw that. We plus, about 20 seconds. Dude, Arizona plus 205. Oh, man. It's, it's really hard to not want to put money on Arizona right now because I just believe <laughs> that they could probably cover this. It's just it's Arizona, man. I don't know. Last four I games, points for Colorado, 7-0-13-14. It's a <sighs> six-and-a-half-point spread. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, but conversely, like, but conversely, like Arizona's uh, last several games, it's like, uh, let's see, 34, 41, 21, NAU, 38, and 24. What they've given up? Yes. Colorado's lost three straight by 22 or more. All right. Are you trying to? <laughs> We've, we got to stop. We could do a full hour of just bad stat versus bad stat. I'm, I'm on Colorado plus, or, or Arizona plus six and a half. I, I do think it, like, Probably comes down to a field goal. Oh, so you guys, God, you guys how, are all back in the A. On how this brutal one. would that be, though? Yeah, seriously. Like, how brutal would that be? Like, we're all nine six. We're all on the edge of our seats, hoping that we don't lose this game to this other team that's equally as bad. Oh my gosh! Man, overtime would be poetic. I hope it goes to overtime. I love. There's overtime. a reason that Saul and I are up here because we knew this was going to be a clash of the titans. It's going to do. It's going to be an epic game. Game of the century. Like, I listen. We might be joking about this, but tomorrow at this point, we might be like, "Dude, that was yeah. a great game, <laughs> man." What? <laughs> that's what we all need right what? now. Right? We do. Yes. Don't we all just want a competitive listen, football game? Yo, listen. Even Mighty Mites and Pop Warner will give you a good game. You know what I mean? Yep, like yep. they might not be the best of the best, but hey, I'll watch some eight-year-olds knock the shit out of each other. Like <laughs> I want to see the same thing tomorrow. Uh, okay, so I, I'm, 
regardless of who got, who you guys trust, make your pick, but make sure you make that pick with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $1 on any NFL game this week. Win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. It's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I didn't realize we had Pac-12 football tonight. I'm going to go in heavy on Oregon minus 7.5 first. By the way, listen to Sean Seeley right here. This guy knows what he's talking about. What's he saying? Final score, thirteen. Uh, Cats 13, Buffs 17. It's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. There you that's, go. That's True. not low-scoring. True. Wait, 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 who's, <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> who's Oregon playing tonight? Cal. Ooh. 13 and a half points spread. Where? Where? At where? Oregon. Yeah. I like Oregon. Yeah, I like Oregon that. in that. I do, that. too. They're I made a 13 and a half night. point favorites And that line the game. stuck, too. Especially after losing the Stanford the way they did. Yeah. Yeah. Bounce back game. What do you game. think, Hank? I, I agree. But they're missing I, their, I start, a, their starting tailback, though. I know, and that's why I talked Oregon? myself into Cal yeah. last night. There was a DraftKings fifty percent parlay boost, five plus leg or five plus leg parlay. So I built one last night, and I took Cal plus thirteen and a half, but I regret what it. What are you doing, uh, Oregon? <laughs> Oregon <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, well, Oregon? Uh, they're losing. If they don't have their starting halfback, they have like four more five stars just waiting that's behind. True. Them. The big one for me. Oh, I, you guys are Arizona guys. So you might not like it, but Arizona State. Even odds with Utah mm-hmm. Saturday night. See, I love Arizona of, State now. Utah's the type of team that beats Arizona State. Ve- yeah, that's Especially Vegas way. U- that's, go ahead, go ahead. that's Vegas way of saying Utah's going to win that game. Yeah, seriously. Especially Who's even in their Utah. quarterback now. It doesn't no matter. It doesn't matter. When you see, a, I'm telling you guys, I'm just saying, even though I made it my pick of the week, so I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. So either <laughs> way, I can tell you guys, I told you so. Mm-hmm. But uh. When you see something like that, Vegas is telling you Utah is going to win that game. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know? I, I, I kind of feel like they will, too. Arizona really? State is bound to Arizona State at some point. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. But outside of BYU, that's the other thing, though, that we do have to talk about. They did go to Provo, and they, they did get used to the, the environment, the fields, whatever. True. Now they're going back to the same venue, basically, just 50 miles north to take on Utah. And so... I don't know. Listen, ASU, now that uh, – I keep forgetting the, the starting tailback for Oregon who got injured. C.J. Verdell. Yeah. Verdell. Yeah. Verdell. Now, carries for die. Who's now, now that Verdell's yeah. out, ASU legitimately probably has the best running back core in the Pac-12 right now. I thought they did before that, actually. True, true. Yeah. It was debatable at that point, but now it's. I think it's for certain. So like, what translates on the road is your defense – and your running game, and I think both of those things help ASU in a game against what, Utah. But the problem is they get in their own way on that running game. They, yeah. they are. I feel like you, you know, know they fell for the hype for Jordan, uh, Jaden Daniels. Anyway, like he sh- he deserves a lot of hype, but I feel like sometimes they get out there and they're like, let's sling you know this thing around with Jaden all game. You know what's strange about ASU is that like if you look at, you're finally seeing kind of the you know Herm's recruiting after three or four years really taking. I mean, you bring in three or four straight top twenty five mm-hmm. recruiting classes. I think the problem with ASU, though, is that there's still you look at the skill position, guys, with the exception of Richard White, they're still incredibly young across the board. You mm-hmm. look at Chip Train, uh, Chip Train, him sophomore, uh, Daniel Nata uh, and got a sophomore. You look at the uh, wide receivers, whether that's LV Bunkley, Shelton, all those guys they are all sophomores, essentially. So they're not disciplined and they're young, yeah. which is a bad combination when you're going into a place like Utah. It feels like Utah's always disciplined and old. And old. Yep. That's, yeah. That's them. It's because they got those guys coming back from the missions, too. Yeah. Yep. Not as much as BYU, but it's true. Yeah. We can bring it back to this uh, Buffs-Arizona matchup, but uh, we're done talking about tomorrow, at least for now. Oh. We're talking about the future because we need a little bit of a break from this. And so the question I want to ask you guys, who is the contender for a Pac-12 title first. Oh, Is Ar- it Arizona, Arizona or Colorado? Arizona will contend Colorado. for a Pac-12 title this year in basketball. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> football, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Do you it, mean that about basketball? I, I, I'm just being facetious. Okay, cool. Well, I do yeah. think they'll, they will be in the top four of the league. I agree with that. We got some which, basketball talk on the way, which, too. Which naturally we'll puts in. you in position. So, I'm excited to talk basketball. I mean, it's a nice break. Is neither an option? Like the 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 path for Colorado up until this year, I've been able to like paint that picture, mm-hmm. and that's why fans are so despondent right now, right? Because this for a while it felt like Colorado was getting away yeah. from this um, 
bottom feeder, like, national embarrassment that they were for a few years in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. And it felt like, okay, slowly but surely, we're climbing one step higher, one step higher, one step higher. Uh, you know, they brought in a pretty good recruiting class a couple years ago. And to go this far back right now is really scary, especially because after they lost Mel Tucker, they were so worried about losing a coach again that they built in this insane buyout into Carl Durrell's contract. So Carl Durrell's not getting fired anytime and soon. And who's looking for Carl Durrell? No one. Like no one was then coming, and no one is now. Like and nobody's no one like, will man, be after if we this. could get Carl yeah. Durrell, that's the missing piece. I'm going to make the case for Arizona. Now, listen, okay. I, I, I don't like the case, but I'm going to make the case. Uh, one thing Jed Fish has done very, very well here is he's been able to sell a vision to recruits. Mm-hmm. Arizona's got a top 30 recruiting class, and I believe, depending on where you look, it's top four in the four in the conference. And they're bringing in, and he's got good kids. You've got uh, the two kids from Servite High School um, who were on the podcast earlier this week. Um, you've got another kid in Sterling Lane. Legitimate four-star kids that Arizona's been able to get. Now, when you look at the Pac-12 South, Saul and I disagree a little bit on a couple things here. Um, I think I think ASU is going to have a new coach next year. I don't I don't think I don't think Herm survives this. I could be wrong. Could I? But no, I, I get it. I people that are going to defend him hard. Yeah, college football. That's the thing. I get it. But the problem is, is what that, he was doing yeah. though during a world a worldwide pandemic. I think it's hard to I explain. Think, away. I think that I think that matters more to people outside the program than it does to people inside the program. So why and, and conversely, I think. Like Sean Miller's thing, I think that more meant more to people inside. Well, it, it meant a lot to people outside the program, but I think people inside the program were like, "Okay, we have something to be able to use against Miller," and which eventually they did. With Herm, he's such a well liked guy within the program. He's boys with the AD. I just unless you caught Herm murdering somebody in his office red handed. I just don't see it. Okay. I just don't see it. So we it. agree to disagree on that sure. one. But either way, so let's just let's just say ASU is in maybe a little bit of flux this offseason. I think that's probably fair. Um, UCLA has, hasn't been what anybody expected under Chip Kelly. I was totally wrong on that. I thought he would have them top 15 by I this think point. a lot of people did. Yeah. 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 USC, I mean, who knows? You never. They haven't had a good coach in who knows how long. So Utah is always going to be solid under Whittingham. But there's always kind of a – I always feel that there's <clears> – <throat> that there's a, a ceiling to them and there's a basement. Absolutely. They're, they're never going to like lose, win less than six, but they're also probably not going to ever win more than nine. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me to make the case for the uh, Arizona to come out of the South, there's my case. It's happened once before in the last 10 years. Maybe it happens again. And I'll say if I'm making the case for Colorado, I just use history. Like I just say, like this is a team who has won the South before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team who at least has some football tradition to fall back on. Heisman in a national championship. Heisman in a national championship. One of twenty-five schools in the country to have that. So you know, it's something we've been dangling it's a on cool for tw- distinction. Actually, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's one it's something we've been hanging on for twenty years though, saying, hey, one day we'll get back to this. Uh, and unfortunately, it's they've possible. Gotten close. You know, once that's the thing about the South, though, is like it's so volatile. Yes, like it, it, you you can be a bottom feeder, feeder, and then two or three years later, you could be top in the Pac-12 South, as opposed to the North, where it's basically always Oregon and Washington. Right, it's always those two. Stanford every now and gets gets a flash, but and it's it's all- not really uh, solidified. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, in the last what decade, in the last ten years, I think every team in the Pac-12 South has made it to the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. So, like, th- if that doesn't tell you what the Pac-12 South is all about, right. that's and that would be the argument for either one of these teams possibly getting to that point again. So don't lose faith. I guess the other argument for Colorado the is they could have slash should have won it last year. Yep. I mean, you look at what happened last year. Can they, I they ask go you guys f- a question about Colorado real quick? Sure, yeah, yeah. How much of a da- how much of a downgrade was it from Mel Tucker to Carl Durrell? And the only reason I ask that is because I watch Mel Tucker – and I'm not saying he's great, but his teams never seem to beat themselves. They always kind of hang in there. What what has that transition been like? That's a good question. I, I mean, obviously very different approaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in terms of the way that they present themselves. Mel Tucker's all about showmanship, and he, he wants to be interviewed. What He told us that the media is the fourth phase of football. 
offense, offense, defense, defense, special, special teams, teams and media. media. He's like out that. there. He's blowing everything <laughs> up. He's trying to get the five-star recruits and like make noise wherever he can. And I think that what comes with that is what what how is he seen four or five years from now do do things somehow go wrong behind the scenes in a way that you're like yeah okay here's what we're talking about but that's that's to be determined with carl durrell he's gonna provide stability i think that he is somebody who is very well connected he spent a lot of time on a bunch of different nfl staffs um he's, he's going to bring in good assistant coaches and like you even look at guys like taylor Embry last year who john Embry's son mm -hmm. uh so he he worked with the tight ends with uh, the Chiefs and with the 49ers, obviously Kelsey Kittle. Yeah, Chris Wilson's a good one. But then Embry comes in as a young guy, coaches the tight ends here for a year, gets a job in the NFL. I think you see some of that sort of stuff. Chris Wilson, a great defensive coordinator who he brings in. He's a defensive line coach for the Eagles. And so when they won the you have Super those Bowl, connections. Yeah. On top of that, like he played with or coached Josh McCown. So now Owen McCown is committed last year because Josh was hyping it up. And so I think that that's how you kind of build that. It's a very... A, I don't want to say like just purely like above board, but I don't I don't even understand that though. I don't even I understand why. Like I've been to see you hundreds of times, and I just every time I leave that place, I'm like, this is one of the most beautiful campuses in the country. Like they have everything they need to win here. Why the hell do coaches just want to leave all the time? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, well Mel's the first one that's left in a long time. But because that one, let, let's stick on that just for a second. That one was the one that surprised me, though, because he left Colorado, and I think this is to Saul's point a little bit, to a Michigan State program that at least at the time was in total disarray. It's not like he's leaving Colorado yeah. for Alabama. Yeah. But so they can basically what, double his salary. That's what I was going to say. Is yeah. And on top here, of that, the, the funds that you can provide to the, hmm? the rest of right. everything that's going on. I mean, he wanted to do some other things. He wanted to build a dorm specifically for student athletes, which is against the rules, but you find a way to get around it, whatever. And they were going to be basically a five-star resort. And they're just like, we can't pay for this. Michigan State will pay for that. Everything Fair he enough. wanted to do was slightly against the rules. And that's why he was that's a lot better than Carl Durrell. That's what you were getting right there, right? <laughs> so, to, me, to answer your question directly, is I think is a huge downgrade. That showmanship, that hype machine that he was able to create around Colorado football was really powerful and it was working and people were showing up and people were mm -hmm. excited for the first time in a while um it it may have ended in scandal and it may end in mm -hmm. scandal for Michigan State too because he wanted to do all the things that you have to do to win in college football yep. and all of us sitting here know that not all of that is a, is uh goes in line with the rules so yeah, he wanted to build that, and he was he was told that his recruiting budget would triple at Michigan State. His salary was doubled at Michigan State. His assistant pool was doubled. So that's why he left. Um, it's unfortunate because we all knew, like, when you poach a defensive coordinator from the SEC, you're not expecting, like, oh, this guy's going to hunker down in Boulder and stay there forever. What sucked was that you got one season and he was gone before he could really build anything. And it's really a Pac-12 issue more than anything. It's, it's just that TV revenue. And in 2024, mm -hmm. if they get a great new TV deal right. and they're pulling in another $10, $15 million that's a, a year, point. then I think that's where that could change. We but the hope. reason you don't hold down coaches is money. Yeah, I, Carl Durrell, to me, from an outsider perspective, looks perfectly mediocre. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind the hire. I mean, he's coach of the year last year. And just to get back on topic, you know, what is the path back to, you know, competing for a Pac-12 title? The argument, at least, is you look at what happened last year. They were 4-1 and one in the regular season. Sure, they missed Washington, Oregon, USC, and Arizona State, which is, uh, those are some good teams. But you had some success. And then you say, what if you had a quarterback this year? Yeah. And, and, I, and that might be the difference between winning one more game. It could be, I mean, you probably maybe pull out that Texas A&M game because you put up points in yeah. the last three quarters. You know, you know, you just, yeah. I think just there, to say. there is a little bit of a part of me that separates my heart from it and says, we're overreacting because mm -hmm. of the last 10 years yeah. or 15 years. And there, I think you, you can make that case. You know, last year when they were a good football team, feels like a hundred years ago to me right now. I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like both programs are in a in a space right now where you can kind of see a path to where they could get better, but you don't trust either the leadership that's in charge of these programs yet because you need to see some more or you just don't know what type of player they're gonna bring in. Uh, because both of these coaches are still relatively new and trying to get uh, get a you know a foothold on what they're trying to do. I trust I don't trust Jed Fish necessarily, but I do trust what he has built 
from the coaching staff, from the community aspect. Um, I pe- people will come back on board if they win because of who they have in 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 the program right now. He's brought back the the, the Gronkowskis. He's brought back the Brewskis. He's brought back the the, you know, the Cecils. Like people were clamoring for that under uh, Rich Rodriguez and under Sumlin. Uh, they didn't get any of it. And if, if, if anything, they got alienated. And so now that this guy's embraced the past of Arizona football or the good parts of Arizona football, um, I think it's going to be easier to sell it back to the public once you get some dudes in here that can ball for yeah. real. Mm-hmm. The stat that I would give you for Arizona football is, and I'll just ask you guys, how many times do you think Arizona since 1999 has finished the season ranked? <laughs> Who? Yeah, I mean, one was right around the guess. Has it happened? Okay. Once. I mean, we're talking almost 25 years of finishing the season ranked once. Some sad shit, That's amazing. Some sad shit. I mean, I would imagine Colorado without looking is probably four times. Yeah, I mean, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, that was a good time for them. So um, they, they probably got a few in there. And then, of course... Uh, in 2016, they went to the Pac-12 championship right. and, you know, the Alamo Bowl, so that one. Um, how, guess how many quarterbacks Colorado has had? Three. Uh, Three? 2001, 2002, 2016. 2016. Well, you tripled us up. In that 25-year <laughs> period that you mentioned, how, guess how many quarterbacks Colorado has uh, had drafted in the NFL? Zero. Zero. And that's, I mean, <laughs> isn't that kind of what a lot of it comes down that's to? That's really what it comes you down to. You hit on a quarterback. Right. And he doesn't transfer, then uh, I mean that just opens so many doors. For sure, that's yeah. the craziest part of this. I mean, whole... We've only had one, but, but he was a Super Bowl MVP. It's true. Yes, I mean one. You know, that's right. and Brady. By the way, that Super Bowl MVP Sunshine, uh, lost Nicole's. to one of the worst CU teams ever in Boulder. Hey, he's still Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> it was all I remember is it was like fifty mile per hour winds that day. No one could throw the ball. Nick there. Foles, we love you. I was yeah. there. It was not pretty. All right. It's football season, baby. You know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Uh, Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using the code DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all the other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. Uh, the the perfect package 4.0. Did you write this shit? Oh, I wish I wrote this. Oh I could never come gosh. up with that. The perfect package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense. Get it, uh, to, to the next level <laughs> this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce gre- grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology uh, there's a fourth or a 7000 rpm motor a new multi-function on off switch all sorts of awesome stuff it's waterproof too there's no 15 yard penalty for this clipping uh the package also comes with a weed whacker oh, it's gosh. an elite nose and hair and ear hair trimmer <laughs> it's also guy. waterproof 9000 rpms 360 degree rotary dual blade system. Um, you get all sorts of liquid formulations with that stuff too. Again, the code is DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping anything at that website. So make sure that you jump on there and use that code DNVR at manscaped.com. Good job, Henry. Yeah, well, Thank you. Power geez. through. Last that night was, on the draft podcast, that was, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. Power through keep it going. like the lawnmower uh, 4.0. Oh, no, yeah. nothing can power through like that. <laughs> no, no, I, nothing, I wish. Nothing. That's Literally. a gold standard right there. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, All right, um, let's get into some basketball here. Yes. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, season projection. Just kind of give us the vibe with this basketball team. I mean, everything's new. It's kind of like the Jed Fish stuff. Everything's okay. new. Um, different, different vibe. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot more open to the media, mm, uh, to the that. community. Uh, I think you know what I think the athletic department realized during the. The Rich Rod, Sumlin, and Sean Miller years is that um, you can't build a successful college community if you shut people out. And that's what I feel like Jed Fish and Tommy Lloyd have done with their programs is they've opened up, opened them up a little bit, um, given a little bit more access uh, to not only the media but to fans. And I think there's a lot of optimism. Now, 
with that being said, do I think they're going to come out and be you know world beaters? No, they still they they're still you know weak at a couple positions that they need they need some five star dudes that can ball. But um, I think overall as a team, Arizona is always going to be Arizona, and they're always going to be competitive. And I think this team offensively is going to be a far cry from what we've seen in the last decade with Sean Miller. Really quick, just to add on your point about welcoming in the community, I also think like. Places like Tucson, that's a true, you know, college town. Yeah. That's even more important. Like those yeah. people really care about it down there. Yeah. The more that you give them, the more that they'll give you. I, I think you know what I got a lot of thoughts on this because basketball is what drives Tucson. Yeah. It's, it's not football, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and there are a couple things. First of all, Sean Miller, I mean, did some really good things. There's there's no doubt yeah. about it. I mean, you had three seasons where you finished in the top five in the nation. All of this. The problem, though, with Sean Miller and what caught up with him was not necessarily getting popped by the NCAA, in my opinion. It's that he was a jerk needlessly. Mm. He was, it, to me, my favorite player of all time in baseball is Barry Bonds. And I never, for the longest time, I never really got it. You know, why is the media going after Bonds, but he's not going after Sosa and McGuire? Well, they're going after Bonds because Bonds was a jerk to them. Yep. The media is the media is human just like anybody else. So when Sean Miller gets popped, just like Bill Self, just like some other people, these people look at it and they're like, that was the guy that was that, he was a total asshole to me. Yeah. Or whatever the case may be. So you never want to be mean. It's also more than that, though. It's his absolute stubbornness to modify his own system because it started being inefficient. Then, when you have the number one overall fucking pick in DeAndre Aiden, <laughs> and you can't design an offense to get him the ball down low in the post, you suck. You uh, suck. Yeah. And Flat out. I don't give a shit about your pack there. line defense <laughs> if you can't get the number one overall pick and, the damn ball against Buffalo and, motherfucking low. And the thing about it too, <laughs> he's, he's coming on the heel too. He's coming on the heels too of Lute Olson, who yep. is by any measure the second best Pac-10 basketball coach of all time behind John Wooden. Mm -hmm. And he's running a thing like what Saul and I were Todd watching. Boyle number three. What's that? Ted Bull, number three, easy. And Kevin O'Neill, number four, most likely. Oh, shut the hell I'm sorry. Out. KO, that's a shout-out for you, buddy. Oh By the goodness. way, I had KO on the podcast, on the oh, live that stream. That was a train wreck in itself. He was, he was doing the live stream as he was driving on the 405. It's mm. tough. True. But either way. Um, Tommy Lloyd, though, is refreshing for a couple reasons. Because he, I think he's going to have far more of a Lute Olsen-type style. And that he's going to get up and down. He's going to let his guys play. And I think... And I think on top of that, just if you're asking me how they're going to do this year, I think by the end of the year, I think they're going to be back in top 25. Okay. I think I think they, Ben Matherin's an NBA player. Azulis Tabellis is going to be 17 and 10. You've got other guys in Kerr at the point. You've got you know guys like Pella Larson from Utah. I th again, it might be a little bit of a transition, but I think by the end of the year, outside of Oregon and UCLA, which I think are clearly the two best teams in the conference, mm -hmm. Arizona's right there. Yeah. So, how okay. about you guys? I, th I think standards are probably just a little bit lower. I, I think probably the goal this year is is to make the tournament, and it's probably 50-50 that that happens as of right now. So, obviously, that McKinley right last year, and for four years, that was the fourth like year there. Jesus. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when you lose somebody like that who's the face of the program, he's the, the best defensive player, he's the guy who makes everything on offense click, there's going to be a lot of nerves. And the fact that he was a part of, like, a four-man recruiting class – that really set the tone for that program for four years. And now you've got a lot of those guys gone. It just changes a bunch of things. And so they pull in, I think it's five freshmen. Mm -hmm. um, it's the number 13 recruiting class in the country. So there's a lot of reason to be excited, but you know, you guys, you guys play a lot of freshmen. There've, there've been a lot of freshmen that get a lot of minutes at Arizona. At Colorado, it's been this, this crew that's kind of grown and grown and grown. Culture's about developing and teaching how to yeah. play defense and playing good team basketball and grinding it out. You guys obviously know a lot more about this than I do, mm -hmm. but the one thing that I've always found interesting about uh, Tad Boyle is mm -hmm. it always seems like he's got like two guys, and whether that's George, whether that's uh, uh, was it George King, George King, George King uh, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie, McKinley Wright, uh, Tyler Bay, but it always seems like he's got two guys and then a bunch of filler. And that really doesn't. Is that a fair? Is that a fair assessment? I think there that's was a couple fair. teams in there that had more. Josh than Scott that. was another one. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a team that had you know Spencer Dinwiddie and Askia Booker and Josh Scott all together. Oh, you didn't want to throw Xavier Johnson in there? No, <laughs> I still hate. What Xavier about Sabatino Chen? <laughs> I'm so happy you got dunked on. Big time by uh, Aaron. Don't Gordon. you dare uh, try to Chen sanity, baby. That shot was good. <laughs> 
bar none, a hundred percent. Are you talking about, talking about Skia Burker? No, no he's talking about Chen, Sabatino Chen. Oh, yeah. Because that's why nah, when Jeremy Lin was... after the buzzer. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely was not. <laughs> I was there, by the way, in the McHale Center that night. Really? Yep. Yeah. It, but uh, it always feels though, like I said, like he's got a couple dogs and then like a bunch yeah. of guys that are just meh. But but then those guys are usually like juniors or seniors. They play really good defense. Yeah. They can knock down some threes. Right. And so while they don't provide the pop, and that's the difference now, is you now have this number thirteen recruiting class in the country. It's like they're going to be making mistakes on defense. Are they going to knock down some deep threes too? Are they just going to make some plays like, that you're just not used to from like, freshmen? Like I told ASU fans when they got all freaking high. On the hog last year, they're like, "Oh, we got a top five recruiting class. Mm -hmm. We got Josh Christopher mm -hmm. and we got Marcus Bagley." I'm like, "You're still gonna suck well, <laughs> because yeah. you have a coach that doesn't know how to coach he's a fraud, them." Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say he's a fraud. He's <laughs> when he was at Buffalo, he had more experienced players, so he was able to execute a system better at a higher level. When you have freshmen, there is a lot of coaching and mentoring you have to do to get them to a high level. And the good thing about that Sean Miller era was it always seemed like when there was a freshman that came in, there was another freshman that was an All-American that didn't live up to the hype and couldn't get drafted right off the bat, so they stayed another year to improve their draft stock. Mm -hmm. yep. And so that helped keep the momentum mm -hmm. going to a degree. Once that that train left the station, then everything started to fall apart because you didn't have those guys carrying over because okay. they thought they were so good. And that's the other thing is that Todd Boyle's very good. However he does it, he's much better than what we've had at informing kids of their true value at that moment. So they understand if they do stay, they can actually improve their draft stock. And then it usually mm -hmm. turns out to fruition. Yep. Whereas with Sean Miller, it was more of like, yeah, I think if you stay, you'll develop – but he never took the time to develop them. Like Raleigh Alkins, he was a tweener it, between a two and a three. Mm -hmm. So why not work on his ball handling and shooting to make him more of a guard because he's too small to play small forward. Alonzo Trier should have been a point guard, should have trained him to be a point guard. Mm -hmm. All he was was a scorer, only looked for his shot because – Sean Miller couldn't train him to do anything else. Yeah. So it's just like those kind of things that well, really yeah. One thing I'll say about Tad that kind of works in his favor is his system is very simple. It's defend your ass off and rebound the basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's literally – the that is the system. They run yep. one play on offense. It's exactly. motion. And, th and that's a concern for, th for this team is you Can know you that the defense is going in. to be good. Yeah. The defense is going to be very good. Can you score points? I've always thought from just a pure X's and O's schematic standpoint that Boyle's one of the three or four best coaches in the conference. Personally, I've always I've always thought that you guys are lucky to have him. Like I oh, said, yeah. mm -hmm. it's all I don't think that he's ever he's you're never gonna have a vintage Colorado team. I don't know if that exists, but and I don't mean that in a in the negative light. Mm -hmm. But I think for Colorado, he's pretty good for you. I oh mean, absolutely. Anyone who knows you know, I guess anyone who understands Colorado basketball on the whole realizes that Tad Boyle is arguably, if not the best coach in Colorado history. Most people love him. He competes for a tournament berth most years. He competes for a top four spot in the Pac-12 most years. It hasn't happened a lot, but this team has been respectable year in, year out, every year that he's been. I think yeah. the one thing that's a little bit different maybe then and because Saul was spot on about the Bobby Hurley with the top five recruiting classes I think the the problem though that ASU fans have never gotten and not to turn this into an ASU show mm -hmm. yeah I but, don't even want to talk about ASU but, but Bobby Hurley sucks as a coach he's, <laughs> I agree he's an awful coach <laughs> he can get guys in but he just lets them run, run the ball if if Tad Boyle ever got guys like Josh Christopher and Remy Martin Alonzo Verge he would take them to a much higher apex, I think. Oh, than. man. It's, again, it's difficult with freshmen. You just never mm -hmm. know. You never know what they're going to buy into, and it's hard when they know they're going to be gone in a year. Yep. And just you to know? go back to the, the point you guys are making about the uh, – like you, you tell them their value, and then they come back. Jabari Walker, in, yeah. in that 2020 recruiting class, he was the second highest recruit that didn't go declare for the draft last year. And so he's yeah. one of those guys who's right on that fringe. He's six foot eight. He can. He's bouncy. He Shoots shot fifty three percent from three last year on over mm -hmm. a shot and a half what, per he game. Hit six in the tournament. Yeah, he, he got hot. Tournament games. And so you have him down there in the post. And it's like if he stays out of foul trouble, there's kind of your focal point. You've got Eli Parquet back. You've got Evan Batty back. Two really good defenders. An All Pac twelve defender, and yeah. Evan is a preseason All Pac twelve big guy. And if you have Jabari right there, and he can provide something. 
you just have a few more spots that you got to fill out with this great recruiting class. It's like if they're knocking down threes, if they're if they're just providing something, if, if, you if, see if, the if, path. If, exactly. Sure. And that's if. what's scary. That's, I mean, that's, that's the story of college basketball, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Until you, de- you do develop these guys. And I will say what Tad has going for him with this high-ranked recruiting class is you don't see the guys who are – like it's not a one-and-done – like mm-hmm. it's hard to get the 13th best recruiting class in the nation without getting a couple one-and-dones. None of these guys – are one and done guys. No, so it, it, that plays into his favor. Yeah, it's also like, you know, like back in the day with L- the Lute Olsen era, he would find those guys that were like kind of fringe five-star guys or maybe four-star guys that wanted to play at a high-level program, um, but they wouldn't get a lot of run, right? In years one and two, they might play like five, ten minutes a game at most, right? Mm-hmm. By the time they were juniors and seniors, they were solid contributors. But in this day and age of – the transfer portal, you don't get that anymore. So those guys are like, I'll try it for a year because I want to play at a high level program. Then when it doesn't fizzle and when it fizzles out, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Sam Houston State because I can start there. Like, and so both coaches are in difficult positions. And I think it's almost impossible to be a head coach right now in college basketball, but that's why they get paid the big this bucks. Is, I'm looking at your guys' recruiting class right now. This is perfect for you. Lawson Lovering. Yep. Great name. Nasty. Seven foot, 220. Number 63. Uh, by the time he's a junior, he'll probably flirt with all conference status. KJ Simpson, U of A, re- was yep. committed to the U of A. I actually thought Tommy Lloyd made a mistake not trying to keep him. Everyone he's, is obsessed with him. In he'll be very good yeah. for like, you. Not it's only incredible. just the way he plays basketball, but like they're, he's, they're like he's the greatest human on the It's incredible. I mean, he's come to a couple of our tailgates. Yeah. He's you got three top 100 just, kids. Nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, go. no, it's a re- it's a perfect Tad Boyle class. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, before we get out of here, we were going to make a bet on the basketball game, but we're going to talk before then. We'll talk before that basketball game. For sure. Let's uh, let's put something on the line here. I was saying bet something for this game that gets paid off when we oh, do a basketball show. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, you're trying to lure us back up here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we are. Well, we could oh, do yeah. it uh, virtually. We don't, we don't have anywhere to do a post game tomorrow, so we were just going to come back and do it here because – does it really matter if you guys are talking about a win and we're talking about a loss? No, I don't think it I does. I don't think it does. I think we can hang out together. <laughs> Someone's getting the number one overall pick. In the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> so, game of the century. What do we oh, put on the man. line, though? I don't know. You guys have any, uh, It's tough. I say just like a shotgun of beer. Shot, okay. Next, next time. That's classic. I'm in on that. I'm in on okay. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. While wearing the other team stuff. I think yeah. it would be funnier if. We picked Arizona and you guys picked Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this show has been going. Do you guys really think yep. Arizona's or Arizona's going to win? I don't think they win. I think they cover. Yeah. Okay. That's what I've decided. I'm with that. Oh. I, I'm, I'm more confident in the cover than the CU win, though. I just, I'm so scared of how we're going to score points. But I, I, there's part of me that thinks we you can stop y'all. You guys deep down think Arizona's going to win. I, I sense some hesitancy right now. I'm just there. so happy we can do that for I'm you. I sense some hesitancy. You deserve I'm, it. I'm definitely hesitant. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to hide that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think I'm confident either way. Mm-hmm. I, c- I couldn't tell you anything. I All right. Well, we'll, we'll stay on our own sides okay. here. I'll go Colorado 17 10. Okay. We're still betting a, a shot. We're yeah, shot yeah, getting yeah, a sure. beer to the losers. Yes. Um, right. I'm going to take Arizona. You're back Score? in the A. I'm gonna, like say, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say six to three, Arizona. <laughs> six, six to three. Luke Over, Haversick overtime? will finally redeem himself. We're gonna how many overtimes? Uh, seven. Oh, okay, okay. Seven overtimes. Six to three in the to seventh. To six to three. Yeah. They All right. Keep Every possession will be a turnover. They're punting. Uh, yeah, they're they're uh, punting. Overtime. They're punting on the opponent's thirty-yard line. <laughs> oh, David Shaw's not coaching either one of these teams. <laughs> oh, but, I mean. Uh, what do, you well, got? Let's, let's, what do you got? Oh, yeah. I guess we're putting scores out. Uh, I'll say uh, I'm going to give Colorado a 14 to 10 win. We're all we're all kind of in that all right. same range right now. Uh, we are. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll just pick with my heart. Um, Love it. 16, 13 buffs. So three of you are going with the buffs. Wow. My head is telling me otherwise. Right. but wow. I, will, I will say this. If Gunnar Cruz throws for over 250 yards... Uh, we do win the game. You know what? No, because I've been saying it all week. They're going to lose. So it's the other way around. 16 13 <laughs> Arizona. That's all it took, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You said 250 I do yards have the cover, though. Stop. <laughs> you do have the cover. I got the cover. I got Colorado to cover. Oh, I'm taking the under on the 46. Absolutely. A million Hammer percent. the under. Put Dude, the I don't even understand anything over 40. I if can't imagine that number. If this thing ends up being 30, 
If it goes over 46, I'll say this. If it goes over 46, I'm shotgunning a beer tomorrow. All right. No matter good. what. Yes. There's just yes. no way. I'll, I'll join you. I'll just, join there you. you go. There you go. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back after the game tomorrow from right here at the DMVR bar. It's going to be a good time talking about the game of the century. Uh, appreciate you guys for coming on. Appreciate Kale for uh, producing. Kale, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>